Welcome to the Wild at Heart University radio program, where our mission is to bring to you messages that will equip you to go to the next level with your relationship with Jesus Christ. Satan hates the fact that you are equipping yourself to stand firm against his attacks and learning how to overcome them. We guarantee the information shared in this podcast will impact you or someone you know. Share what you are learning. following podcast is entitled The Vow. The following podcast is from Pastor Damon Thompson in which he breaks down the biblical vow that Samson had in the Bible and how it relates to your life. As always, we ask that you pray and take this podcast matter to the Lord and ask for His discernment. Hosea 4.6, my people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. No, don't let others be destroyed by lack of knowledge. Share with others what you are learning. I hate it. I don't do it because I hate it. And the reason why you keep doing it is because you don't hate it. I hate it. I hate. I hate that men who will not say no to their sexual appetites have caused the sex trafficking issue in America. Listen, it's not just about the men who sell the women. It's about the men who pay for the feeling they get because a man is selling a woman. And I'm telling you, if the American church needs any kind of revival, the first one we need is to begin to detest the things that are detestable. Just hate it. Just hate it. I found out something. I found out that if you hate something, hatred for the thing will ultimately bring division between you and it. The Bible says, do not let the sun go down upon your wrath. You know what I was taught my whole life that meant? If you have a disagreement with your wife, don't go to sleep without dealing with it. Look, that's a great fault. I agree with that. That's not at all what the Bible meant. The Bible meant don't go to sleep because you might not wake up mad. The Hallelujah. The context of the verse is not deal with the anger and go to sleep. The context of the verse is don't let the sun go down until you do something about what you're mad at. So look how we church up everything. Don't let the sun go down upon your wrath. If you have an argument with your wife, don't go to sleep until y'all talk it out. And I agree with that. I think that's good. But that is not the context of the Scripture. Do not let the sun go down upon your wrath. means don't just sleep through it. Stay angry at it. And I know that you want His blood to come break every chain. Listen. But do you hate the chain? I even go so far as to say if the chain didn't equal hell, would you just assume keep it? See, I have found that when true conversion comes, you could alleviate the concept of hell from the life of the believer and it wouldn't change their lifestyle. If you told me I could go live however I wanted and I wouldn't end up in hell, I would just be separated from the presence of God on earth, it would, listen. 
Separation from the presence of God on earth is hell. You've been given a gift and it manifests itself as nausea. You've been given a gift and it manifests itself as discontent. You've been given a gift and it manifests itself as you can't sleep at night because you won't deal with the stuff going on in your life that God hates. And you know what we've done? We've said if you do it, there's a scale of one to ten. If you do it on a three, God's okay with it. God only hates it when it gets to eight, nine, or ten. But I'm telling you, God hates the seed of perversion as much as He hates the activity. And I'm not just talking about sexual perversion. I'm talking about malice. I'm talking about pride and greed and gossip and tearing other people down. That's what I'm talking about. Listen, and I tonight I want to talk to you about how if you get to the place where you are willing to go through the process of dying flesh, you can get to the gate of blood. But blood comes through torn flesh. Listen, and for the graft to take place, There cannot just be the tearing of the flesh of the one who can provide propitiation for sin. There must be tearing of the flesh of the one who's attempting to connect to the one that died to make propitiation for sin. And listen, you don't just get saved. I want you to hear me. Listen to me right now. You don't get saved because he was broken. You get saved because your brokenness met his brokenness. You don't just get saved because they tore his flesh apart. You get saved when your flesh is so torn apart that there's a point of connectivity. There cannot be a graft where where there is not a dual cut. We want a broken Jesus to meet an unbroken church and expect that to be called repentance. That is not repentance. And I'm so sick of people coming down to an altar and giving God 30 seconds and they kneel down like this right here and and then they turn and they walk back to their seat and they hadn't shed a tear. Uh, They hadn't thrown their cell phone in the garbage can. They're going to go back and text and Facebook and live exactly the way they used to live. But I hope you didn't come to the woods of Alabama tonight to leave the way you came. I hope you came saying, God, turn me upside down. God didn't bring you here. For two days to teach you sin management. Uh, Jesus didn't die on the cross to teach you sin management. Therefore, if the Son has set you free, you are free indeed. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there's liberty. Listen to me. Don't let the Son Go down on your wrath. Stay mad. Hate it. Because when it becomes trivial, at the point that sin becomes trivial, it moves into a point, listen, of escalation. Sin escalates when the person who is called to hate the sin stops hating the sin. How do you hate the sin Right. The only way to hate the sin right is to love God so deep 
that you see the sin as an assault against his nature. The best way, listen, the best way for me not to cheat on my wife is to love her so deep that I can't bear the thought of putting her through the pain of my own selfishness. i got to love her enough that I hate adultery. Listen, and you may not be married, but you do have a husband. You do have a bridegroom. And you need to give up every other lover and burn for him alone. Feel this tonight. I'm not happy tonight. I don't feel excited. I don't feel funny. I feel like there are people going to hell with their Assemblies of God t-shirts on. I feel like there are people going to hell that know every word to every song we did and they know when to slip up their hands during the slow songs and they know when to jump up and down during the fast songs. And if we're not scared, if we're not careful, we'll make repentance a motion. Don't you get caught in a moment. You get caught in a gaze. Don't you get moved by what's happening in here. You get moved by the fire in his eyes. Do you hate what he hates? And you love what he loves, and you don't leave here saying, Oh, I hope I don't fall. I hope I don't fall. I hope you do fall. I hope you fall so stupid deep in love with Jesus that you lose your appetite for anything that would be displeasing to him. I know some of you fell, but I'm just wondering, did you fall far enough? Some of us, I'm talking about some stuff, and I'm going to get into this text, but I want, to, I, want to, I want to prepare ground prophetically. Some of us fell for the church. Some of us fell for the service. Some of us have fallen for the music, and some of us have fallen for the preaching. Some of us have fallen for the style and the culture. But I'm telling you, at 3 o'clock in the morning, when every demon of hell... Is there to drag you back into your old life? You're not going to be able to war with the fact that you know the songs. You like the culture and you enjoy the services. You're going to have to say, I have fallen so deeply in love with Jesus that I cannot tolerate my old life. Hallelujah. Well, I feel the anointing of the Holy Ghost. See, Casey said that, that Samson snapped, listen to this, cords like thread. We had a prophetic word in here Sunday night that change were becoming ribbons. Anybody think about that? Y'all don't. Y'all get so many prophetic words, y'all just don't even listen to them anymore. <laughs> listen, God said change would become ribbons. So in the life of Samson, cords became threads. And lions became kids. Anybody know what a kid is? It's a goat. It's a baby goat. Anybody scared of a baby goat? Lion, yes. Baby goat, no. He tore a lion like it was a kid. Isn't that right, Casey? He snapped cords like they were threads. Why? Because the Spirit of the Lord moved on him. And we can try to release that. But that's not why the Spirit of the Lord moved on him. Spirit of the Lord didn't move on him so he could snap cords like they were threads and kill lines like they were kids. 
The Spirit of the Lord moved on him because he had a covenant. <laughs> the Spirit of the Lord moved on him because he was a Nazarite. The Spirit of the Lord moved on him because he had a vow and he had a lifestyle. And he said, these are things I will not do. And it's the anointing that destroys the yoke. But it is the lifestyle that brings the anointing that destroys the yoke. I'm going to jump up and down and all my chains are going to fall off. No, they're not. You're going to make a consecration. You're going to make a vow. You're going to cut a covenant. And then, and then the Spirit of the Lord moves in covenant. And that is where the empowerment for snapping chains comes. I'm in covenant with God. No, you repeated a prayer. That is not what covenant means. Covenant for my wife did not mean that ten years ago I said I do. It meant that today I said I do. It means I've surveyed all that is available. Can I choose you again? That's why so many marriages in America are crumbling. Because I chose you years ago, but I didn't choose you today. I teach my sons, you win her every day. You don't win her, but I teach you that. You don't win her, put a ring on her finger and parade her around like a trophy. You win her today. You win her with a text. You win her with a call. You win her with affection. You win her by preferring her. And I'm telling you, the same mindset that is crippling the, the natural marriages is crippling our, crippling our spiritual unions. I don't care if I get to anything else. I'm going to say some things tonight. I'm not asking you, did you choose him at Vacation Bible School in 1988? I'm asking you today, when you survey what this world has to offer, do you say yes to the only begotten Son of God? Covenant is ongoing. Covenant is not your ability to relate to a past event. It is today. All I have is yours today. All I am is yours today. Nobody gets this heart but you, Lord. Today, today. What did you give him today? Not counting the last hour and a half. What did you give him today? If you think you're not going to serve God, live for God, spend any time with God and come up here and make up for it because you get real passionate for 24 hours, you're as confused as your parents have been. With their camp meetings and their revival services and their conferences. God is looking for a people that will choose His eyes over any other image. God is looking for a people that will choose His affection over the attention of any other lover. And I feel such a prophetic push tonight to reach down into the heart of a generation of people and ask you, did you pick Him or are you picking Him? Samson wasn't just teaching us there was power. Samson was teaching us it can go away. It can go away. If you count the vow lightly, the power can go away. I was so moved by 
this tonight. I was on my face in the back doing my own personal repentance revival service over my own thoughts and attitudes and things today that took my affection and attention away from God. I told God tonight, this was too public, I know, but I'm just out of right here. I told God tonight, God, if this ministry stuff, if this big time ministry stuff is going to keep me from my private time with you, just let me quit. God, I will put on a blue vest and I will stand at the door of Walmart and hand out stickers to children if I can't have my private time because I'm on the largest platforms in America. Then God, change it. Because I, listen, don't clap, listen. Don't clap for me. Listen. This is not a game. There are people going to hell and we're singing to each other. I am sick of it. I'm I'm so ready for God to take this performance junk out of the church. You can't get engaged unless we're screaming at you. Somebody's playing guitars for you. Somebody's playing horns for you. Somebody's playing pianos for you. Backup singers and choirs. I'm sick of it. I want people who just walk in and say, no, no, not for me. None of that. I don't need you. You. I choose you. I choose you. And I don't want to let the sun go down on my wrath tonight. I don't want you to choose church. We are getting really good at this. Huh? I got a bag full of sermons. Full of revelation nuggets. And if you heard them, you'd go, wow, how can I get more? I don't want you to hear a nugget. I want you to see a bloody, beaten, crucified, rejected, despised of man, stricken, smitten of God and afflicted. I want you to look at him. I want you to say if they took all of this away and there was nothing left but me and him, I want him. Put his picture up. I don't know what to do tonight. I don't want the sun to go down on my wrath. I don't want the sun to go down on my wrath. I am tempted and I hate it. I am prideful and I hate it. I am Absalom and I am David and I am Saul and I hate it. I hate it. I hate it. I hate it. And out of, out of, out of that, out of that, I hope and I believe there to be freedom tonight for all the stuff about me that I hate. Do you hate it? Do you hate it? Do you hate it? He hated your sin so much that he who knew no sin, we say that he bore our sin, but the Bible says he became sin. He gave up the identity of royalty to take on the nature of sin so that I could give up the nature of sin and take on the nature of royalty. That is still the biggest deal. And I saw some of you weak, anemic little youth pastors in here tonight wondering about the loud music, and we don't do this song at our church. You need to resign.
You need to go back until we can't sing about the blood without you being the chief weeper. I know you think you're a hot shot preacher. The people in your youth group don't remember what you preached last week. Don't, don't leave me now. Huh? You hear me? Your plans and your schemes and your little cards you turn in to say how many we had in service this week. Jesus wasn't drawing crowds. He was splitting them down the middle. I'd rather you go back to your senior pastor and say we had the smallest group we've ever had. But two got healed and three got baptized in the Holy Ghost. I'm looking for some senior pastors that'll say, I had to take up another job, but this never was a career for me. Everybody left the church, but I'm telling you, there's a glory we've never known before. I hate it. And I don't want the sun to go down on my wrath. Samson made a vow. Listen, Samson made a vow that was the consequence of his parents' consecration, not his own. Samson's vow was not because of what he had with God. It was because of what his parents had with God. And you can't get in on your parents' vow. The good news is you can't be kept out. Because of your lack of a parental vow. But if you're here tonight, and you're Christian tonight, and you're a part of the youth group tonight, because that's where your parents go to church, let me tell you, you will not stand before God and show your parents' resume. Samson had a vow that was a consequence of his parents' yes. And I want to tell you, the yes in his parents was not big enough to stop the no in Samson. That is powerful. His parents got to, don't cut his hair. And they said, we'll do that. His parents said, don't, don't let him drink wine. They said, we'll do that. His parents said, don't let him touch. God, God told his parents, don't let him touch any dead thing. They said, we'll do that. But his parents saying yes could not make up for the fact that in his heart there was a no. And the no showed up in Delilah's lap. The Bible says that one day, see, see, the lion did not become a kid. The lion was likened unto a kid, but in actuality, the lion was still a lion. Hallelujah. So, the thing that is attacking you does not get diminished in actuality. It gets diminished in the way that it is disabled. So, Samson never considered the lion not to be a big deal. It's just that because of the anointing that was a consequence of the vow, the thing that was a big deal was handled as if it was a little deal. So the exciting part of that story is that no matter how big, how long you've been in the sin, this is what Casey was declaring, how deeply you've been in the sin, regardless of the degree of the perversion, if you're living in a full-blown homosexual lifestyle, or if you're a 13-year-old that has been tempted by sending text messages, you shouldn't. Huh? If you're watching Spongebob and it has bad things on it, or if you're watching Triple X pornography and it has bad things on it, 
Huh? Right? It, it, it doesn't matter if you're watching daytime television, if you're watching nighttime television, if you're watching images on the computer, if you just live on YouTube. It's not, listen, God is not intimidated by the degree of the sin. And the exciting thing is, is that regardless of the complexity of the degree of the sin, God can make something that seems impossible possible by the power that is responding to the vow. So the attack of the enemy is not to come against the power, it's to come against the vow. Because the power is a secondary consequence of the vow. So the enemy is not attacking the power, he's attacking the vow. Because there's no way to stop the power as long as the vow is in place. So what we've done is we've created a whole church culture that does not even believe that you can have a consecration. We don't even believe there ought to be a covenant. We are anti-vow. And it shows up in our divorce rate. Because we make contractual commitments, but we do not have vows. So Samson was able to see the, key, the lion become as a kid, but in actuality it was still a lion. And after God made something seemingly impossible possible because of his powerful intervention in response to Samson's vow... Samson is walking back by later on. And when he walks back by, he sees the carcass of the lion that God had allowed him to tear like a young goat. Hallelujah. Isn't that awesome? The thing is dead because of God. The thing is dead because of God. And God made a seeming impossibility absolutely possible because all things are possible to him that believes. Samson believed he was powerful because he believed he had a vow. He rends that lion like it's a goat. He tears it to pieces and he's walking back one day. And when he's walking back, here stands the trophy of God's intervention. I need you to stop moving around. Sit down and listen. Don't lay down. Sit down. This is a big deal. He walks back by and he sees the trophy of God's intervention. And instead of the trophy promoting an increase of the vow, instead of saying God didn't have to do this for me and this line could have ripped my head off. Instead of saying, God didn't have to take that pornography out of my life and it could have devoured me. Instead of saying, God didn't have to intervene and save my marriage. And God didn't have to intervene and create purity and holiness. Instead of that, he said, look at what I did. Look at how powerful I am. Humanism became the devourer of the vow. I can do this however I want. The vow's not important anymore because now I'm powerful. And I can play by sticking my head in the lap of Delilah. And it's not a big deal because I'm powerful enough that the power will be there. Even if the vow is not. The anointing will be there even if the vow is not. Heaven will be there even if the vow is not. The marriage I've dreamed of will be there even if the vow is not. The money and the, and, and the success and, and I'll have everything this life has to offer even if the vow is not. He comes back by and he sees the trophy of God's intervention. Listen, and inside of the carcass 
of the lion that God allowed him to rend as a kid is a beehive. And the beehive is full of honey. And he reaches into the carcass. Although the vial said he couldn't touch anything dead. Oh, I feel this tonight. The vial said don't touch anything dead. But Samson already believed he was powerful enough he didn't need the vial. The modern church doesn't need holiness. Because listen, we figured out how to grow. We don't even need prayer. We don't teach prayer. We don't teach fasting. We don't teach submission to authority. We teach feel good about yourself and think happy thoughts and, 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 and have some coffee and donuts and we'll make sure you're gone in 30 minutes. No! I want a vow. I want a consecration. I want a radical commitment to Almighty God. There's a honey in the dead thing. And he goes back and he sticks his hand into what God empowered him to kill. And he finds out something. There's sweet things in dead things. He reaches his hand in and he pulls out the honeycomb and he puts it to his mouth and doesn't good. Yeah, but Samson, you just broke the vow. Is one taste of honey really worth the vow? It's innocent. No, it's not innocent. It is contrary to the vow. He didn't mean anything by it. You understand that the broken vow is a picture of his self-confidence. That the rules do not apply to me because I am Samson. The rules do not apply to me because I have a megachurch. The rules do not apply to me because I'm a bishop. The rules do not apply to me because I'm on TBN. The rules don't apply to me because I'm the leader of an association. Or the rules do not apply to me because I'm a philanthropist. Or the rules do not apply to me. Surely I cannot be expected. And it's called entitlement. And, 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 and while the church stands and points our finger at every Tiger Woods that falls into immorality because of his entitlement, our Christian television stations are littered with a much more grotesque filth as apparently you can't raise funds on TV unless you're a pervert, apparently. I'm entitled to the honey. Nobody can. I can heal people. Surely I can eat honey if I want. Listen, I don't say this in judgment. I say it with fear and trembling. That I step back there tonight and I said, God, I don't want to ever think that I am greater than the vow. Listen, just listen. Just listen. Never think. That because you're 16, the vow does not apply to you and you can make the vow when you're 25 and you're done with all this. I can live how I want to live, Casey. He stuck his hand 
into the dead thing because he wanted the sweet thing more than he wanted the vow. Because he was convinced that he would have the power. He was strong. The man was strong. He tied firebrands into the tails of foxes and sent them through the crops of his enemies. He killed a thousand men with the jawbone of an ass. Listen. He picked up the gates of the city of his enemy and he marched up the hill. The man was powerful, but he was not above the vow. Oh, I know you've been here and you've got a call and you've got a destiny and you've got a purpose, but you are no greater than the vow. And the separation for you will not be your gift and your talent. It will not be your education. It will be your consecration because God still brings empowerment at the place of the vow. My marriage is phenomenal today. Not because I know how to be a husband. But because God empowers the place where there is a commitment to the vow. And if I am committed to the vow, and my wife is committed to the vow, there's going to be an empowerment to keep the vow. If one of us stops being committed to the vow, we lose the power of us agreeing that we are committed to the vow. The good thing about you is the one you make a vow with can never bail out on the vow. He didn't sign it in ink. He wrote it in blood. And he said, Lo, I am with you always. I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. I am a friend that sticks closer than a brother. I've had too many people leave me lately. To put too much weight on people. And I was so hurt. I'm wounded. I'm wounded tonight. At how people who are supposed to be with me are, are, are distancing me. Pushing me away. I'm hurt. But while I'm over here hurting, I feel grace to say no wonder he's getting rid of all of the people that I was depending on. Because when this thing's done, it's going to be me and him and a vow. And if people can affect the vow, it wasn't a real vow. If trouble can affect the vow, it wasn't a real vow. If temptation and lust and pride can affect the vow, it wasn't a real vow. Samson reaches to the carcass of the lion and the trophy of his victory becomes the place of his compromise. We've learned to compromise. And we've learned to do it with church cliches. We have our own Christian form of compromise. Yeah. And, 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 and listen, 
we have our own Christian form of compromise. Think about it. Do you know that, that, listen, I want you to hear what I'm about to say. That there's no such thing as a technical virgin. That, that, that it is not penetration and intercourse that qualifies it as sin. I'm, uh, huh? Because if a man looks at a woman as to desire her, if your hand went up her skirt and you didn't have intercourse, you are in sin. Listen, the Bible says... Not to awaken desire that cannot be fulfilled. Brother, that's legalism and kids will be kids. Not my kids. You hear me? My boys are not walking around with condoms in their wallets. They're going to be holy and they're going to be pure because we are going to keep the vow. I'm not going to have to hide my daughter's pregnancy from the church because we are going to keep the vow. Listen, I cannot say yes for my children. But I can make my yes so loud that they can live saying their life was better. I want my boys to be able to look at my life and say, my daddy served Jesus and his life was better. My daddy loved my mama. His life was better. My daddy gave his money away and his life was better. My daddy rattled our windows with prayer and his life was better. Hear me, I'm broken tonight because the honey is not worth the vow. Oh, the honey is not worth the vow. Him loving you is not fulfilling. Listen to me, young girl. He is a nothing. That boy that you think is so important is a big nothing. Because there's men out there. There's men out there that would never touch you. Because they care more about where you stand with God than how sweet you are to them. The honey is not worth the vow. How do I know? Because he's so much sweeter. And and the old church uh, used to sing a song. It said he gets sweeter and sweeter as the days go by. Oh, what a love between my Lord and I. I know I don't have enough prophetic stuff on you for your prophetic generation. But there's still a truth. That he gets sweeter. I've had honey. I'm going to tell you, I'm not proud. But I'm telling you, I've had sex before marriage. Dutch, he's sweeter. I've had a pornographic image come across my eyes. And he's sweeter. 
I've been full of pride that wanted to tear other people down to build myself up. He's sweeter. He's sweeter than success. He's sweeter than fame. I've had money. He's sweeter. I've had applause. He's sweeter. I've had validation. He's sweeter. I've had alcohol. He's sweeter. I've been drunk. He's sweeter. He's sweeter. And he gets sweeter and sweeter. As the days go by and Samson reached in there and he pulled out that honey. And in his heart he was saying, I am above the vile. So later on he goes and he finds a wife. And his parents say, don't do that. But he was to a point that he could not live off of their commitment to the vow. He had to make his own commitment to the vow. And he said, I want a wife from over there. And they said, Samson, don't do that. He said, I am Samson. I can have a wife from wherever I want. I can date who I want. And your parents are going, no, don't do that. I can watch whatever I want. And Listen, I'm your daddy tonight. And I'm saying, no, don't do that. Just let me play Papa for a minute. I'm ashamed to say I'm finally old enough to really be your parent. And let me play Daddy for a minute. Don't go over there and find your wife, Samson. Don't go over there and find your fulfillment. Don't look at that. Listen, 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 listen. Choose the vow. I don't have to. I'm Samson. And I can do what I want. I'm 18 years old. And I can do what I want. I'm 21. And I can do what I want. And no preacher can tell me what to do. And, 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 and nobody can tell me what to do. And I don't even want my boss to tell me what to do. I don't have to submit to my husband. And nobody can tell me what to do. I'm Samson. Have you seen my resume? Have you not heard the story about the foxes? And have you not heard the story about the thousand Philistines? Have they not told you the one about the lion becoming as the kid? Yes, Samson, but there's another part to that story. So he goes and he finds Delilah. And he lays his head in the lap of sin and starts playing a game. He starts playing a game. And he says, I'm going to lay my head in her lap because this is harmless. I'm too strong for this. I gotta, I, I'm Samson. Huh? I'm not going to get hooked on pornography. Huh? I can, I can, oh, I'm on, here I go. I can try. I can look at that image. That's not real pornography. It's the swimsuit edition, you know. Uh, it's, it's the girls next door. It's not like I'm watching... Cinemax at night, you know. This is not hardcore porn. This is just norm. This is just the OC. I'm so out of touch. I can't name a show that's come out in the last 10 years, apparently. Huh? I'm Samson. It won't hook me deep. I begin to weep. Oh, today. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I feel such an anointing up here, man. Such an anointing. That the Holy Ghost is saying, guard your eyes because the enemy wants to hook you deep. I won't end up pregnant. I'm Samson. I'm too smart for that. I would listen, listen, I'll let him touch me, but we would never actually cross the line. I'm Samson. 
never be an alcoholic. I'm too strong for that. I would never be addicted to drugs. I'm just messing around. I'm just fooling around a little bit with these little... This is not just some pills. It's not like I'm a heroin addict. It's not like it's crystal meth. It's just some pills. And I am too strong to be addicted. And you lay your head in the lap of compromise because you chose the honey over the fowl. And, and, and hallelujah. And they said, oh... They said, she said, she said, tell me the source of your strength because the one that you put your head in his lap is really working for your enemy. That boy sticking his hand up your skirt is on the devil's side. Huh? That girl that keeps wooing you back and drawing you back in and you keep trying to end it so you can go on with God and you keep going back to her because her lips are as sweet as honey. You don't realize it, but with her hands in the air calling on the name of Jesus, she's working for the devil and it'll cost you your vow. Delilah was being fed by Samson's enemies. And you know how they got it? You know how they got Samson? They didn't say, if there's enough of us, we'll take him out. They said, attack the vow. Because even they knew there had to be a source to the strength. So Delilah never said, can you kill 2,000? Because I know you killed 1,000. But can you kill 2,000? Or can you, if they came with spears. No, no, they, even the enemy understands that your strength is a consequence of your vow. So she said, what is it about you? Huh? If they use new cords. Huh? I'm going to snap the new cords. Because she knew. She didn't say, let, let, get him asleep. Get, get, get him good and asleep. And if I get him good and asleep, then y'all come in and take him. They said, we can't take him. Because he's got something. He's got something. I don't know what it is, and I can't explain it, but he's got something. No man can kill a thousand men. He's got something. No man can carry the gates of this city. He's got something. And we've looked at his outside. It's not his outside. There's something in here, and we've got to figure out what it is. So let's attack the outside, because the outside can affect the inside. And the enemy wants your heart, but he will come through your genitalia. The enemy wants your heart, but he'll come through your eyeballs. The enemy wants your heart, but he'll come through your ears. The enemy wants your heart, but he'll come through your hand. The enemy wants your heart, but he'll come through your tongue. She said, what is it about you? He said, well, here's the deal. <laughs> Laughing on the inside. They, 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 they. i tell you what it is. I've never been tired. With, 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 with seven, if you tie me with seven new cords, then I'll be as weak as any other man. He played a game. Just playing around. It's no big deal. It's no big deal. I like her lap. I'm not going to give up my vow. I just like her lap. This is fun. It's fun to flirt. Huh? It's fun to flirt. With the sin, but I would never break the vow. What happens the second time he lays a head and laps? If you, if you tie my hair up, because why? Because now the second time he's getting closer to actually surrendering the vow. See, see, the first time, can, can, can I, can I go, oh, hallelujah. 
Can I do what I feel to do? I know I'm going long, but can I do what I feel to do? Can I do what I feel to do? Hallelujah. Because you just say, well, this is what we're going to do. And I say, because I've been here, because I know all the words of this song right here. We're just holding hands. That's not a big deal. But, 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 but as a man, see, I am innately a conqueror. And I don't feel like I'm gaining territory if I do this date what we did last date. Alexander the Great was not a woman. Napoleon was not a woman. And the woman may be content to stay at the current place. But the man is always wanting more. That's why Jesus didn't come as a woman. Because he was never going to be satisfied with the current state of affairs. He was always going to want more of your heart. He wants more of your attention. He wants more of your affection. He wants more of your time because he is a conqueror. Remember, he came leading captivity captive and giving gifts unto men and told you, you could be more than a conqueror through him. Think about it. Tie my wrist up. I ain't played a game like that because that has nothing to do. That's not even close. Huh? Yeah. I'm in the neutral territory right here. This just kissing. Now, am I talking about sexual sin? Yeah, because that's primarily where most of you will mess up. Very few people in here ever become heroin addicts. But every one of you will be tempted to compromise. I don't care if it's alone with I don't care if it's alone with a session of masturbation or if it's together with a kid in your youth group. If it's looking at a pornographic image or if it's being involved in absolute perverse heterosexual or homosexual sin. And so so it says it's just my wrist and I'm just talking about my wrist and there's no danger in me talking about my wrist because I'm enjoying the lap, but I would never give up the vow. But see, the vile deterioration began at the point he ate the honey. And he tasted something. Oh, he tasted something. And he said, that was so good. That was so good, so good. Maybe maybe I could get a little bit more of that. And then he never realizes that he's playing a game with the vow. So, so I'm going to go lay my head in her lap. If you tie up my wrist. And, and then they came in. They came in. The Bible says Samson shook himself. And he snapped the cords like they were threads. They were new. I was in the woods today. I was playing in the woods today. And, 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 and walking in the woods, walking through the woods, and I'm trying to snap limbs. We're coming through the woods with a tractor, and I'm trying to snap limbs. And I realize these limbs won't snap because they're still green. Give me another month. But right now, they're still pliable, and they're still green. And so they would have taken those cords, and they would have been green. They would have had no flex to them. And they would have, but he was so powerful because to date, he still hasn't completely lost the vow. And the next time he says, now, now, and she says, now, Samson, that wasn't right. And uh, if you loved me, who am I talking to in here now? And if you loved me, that wasn't right. You, you would tell me what the real source of your strength is if you loved me. And he said, oh, I'm sorry about that. And, and I desperately want to keep your lap. So in order to keep your lap, I'll tell you that what they need to do is you can put my hair up in a loom. And if you weave my hair up in a loom, because what are you doing now, Samson? Now you're already getting hot. Huh? Wrist cold, hair hot. See, hair is the issue. Huh? Hair is the issue because God always uses outward consecration to depict inward consecration. So the hair was an issue. 
So what you look at is an issue. You can't, you can't be right with God in your heart and wrong with God in your hands. You can't be right in your heart and wrong in your eyes. You can't be right in your heart. I'm just listening to the beat. Well, brother, this sounds like legalism. No, no, this is how. This is how we raise up a generation that when they pray, abortion becomes illegal. See, you couldn't do that. Abortion became legal on your watch. You know why? Not because the church wasn't growing. Not because the Family Life Center wasn't being built. The reason why abortion became illegal in 1973 is because when you shook yourself, there was no vow. And prayer was taken out of schools because you shook yourself and there was no vow. Well, I don't want, I want my kids to be able to enjoy dating. I don't want my kids to enjoy dating. I don't want my kids to practice divorce by going together, breaking up, going together, breaking up. I hope my kids want to pray instead of go to the prom and call me legalistic if you want to. But I want them to burn. I don't want to have to always take them through repentance. Have to deal with the images of the past. If you loved me. You would tell me the real source of your power. Well, you put my hair up in a loom. That'll do it. Huh? He never told her to cut it. But he's so close to losing the vow. What do I love about this story? I love that even after the honey, he still has the vow. Because he's gracious. I thought the honey, Casey would break the vow because he said don't but listen even after the honey his mercy is new every morning his mercy is new forever listen if you lost your virginity it's not the end of the story you can still have the vow. If you're addicted to pornography tonight, the story is not over. You can still have the vow. Listen to me. If you're addicted to drugs, if you're in a homosexual lifestyle, the story is not over. You can still have the vow. I thought the honey was the end of the vow, but he's merciful. But you got to make sure... That if he provides mercy, you don't go back to the lap and put my hair up in a loom. And he said, he falls asleep with his head in her lap. Because that's the problem. You get too comfortable. You can get comfortable playing games. And if you get comfortable playing games, you start negotiating with your vow. And your vow is the only thing about you that matters. They came in. The men came in the restaurant. And he shook himself. And he took those men and he drove them out. And he must have laughed on the inside. I still got it. I wonder how many of my preacher buddies living in sin but walked on the platform and thousands of people went crazy and they walked off saying, I've been playing the game, but I still got it. I don't ever want to play a game. Listen to me. I don't ever want to play a game. Don't you ever play a game. Don't you ever play a game. And then come up here and sing a good song and play a good song and preach a good sermon and turn over a good business.
another house and make another friend and become more popular and say, I still go, no, no. We are so close to forfeiting the vow. And if we lose the vow, we lose everything. So he went back to the lap. And when he went back to the lap, she said, I'm tired of you playing a game with me. And he said, he said, I'm going to give up all my power and I'm going to give up my walk with God. No. He said, even if I lost the hair, I'm still bigger than the vow. It doesn't matter what I'm doing on the outside. He's merciful and he's gracious and he let me get away with the honey. And I still had power after the honey. So maybe the vow is not relevant. And we saw it as God discarding the vow instead of God being merciful. I'm telling you, the reason you're still, still, the reason I'm not a pile of ash standing on this platform right now is not because God ignores the vow. It's because God is merciful and gives us a way of escape. She said, I'm tired of playing this game with you. And he said, okay, 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 enough with the games. It doesn't matter anyway because I've proven I'm bigger than the vow. The honey proved I was bigger than the vow. The loom and the hair proved I was bigger. The fact that I can lay in your lap and still be powerful proves I'm bigger than the vow. I'm not where my parents want me to be, but it doesn't matter. I'm still powerful. Watch me shake myself. So he said, okay, okay, enough of the games. And he did that third time what you would have never have convinced him he would have done the first time. If you'd have told him, Samson, in a few days, you're going to have your head shaved and you're going to be a nothing. He said, no, no, no. I would never do that. But the game is a seductress. Nobody ever looked at pornography and knew the day they sat down they would end up a pedophile. But the pornography was seducing them to try to get them to play a game. It's just a text message. It's just an email. It's just a call. It's just a picture of myself. I would never lose my hair over this. I'm a big, I'm big, I can do it. I'm strong, I'm powerful. I'm not, I love him and he loves me and we both love God and we go to church so we're equally yoked. I ain't even, I'm not even going there. Huh? Huh? He loves Jesus, I love Jesus. He lifts his hands during the slow songs. I lift my head during the slow song. Listen, listen, we know we jump up and down. We went to the conference together. It's just... It's not that big a deal. So he said, well, look, I'm scared I'm going to lose the lap. And I love the lap enough that I don't want to lose the lap. And I'm convinced and I'm more powerful than the vial. So I'm going to put my head back in the lap. And this is the third time he says, listen, right, third time. Third time he says, if you shave my head, I'll be as weak as any other man. And he laid his head, look at me, back in her lap. This is revelation. I know there's no nuggets in here. I know there's nothing deep in here. I know there's not. Listen, this is revelation for you. And it's revelation for me. And I'm hearing it tonight. I hope you are. Huh? Took a razor and shaved his head. You hear that? She took a razor. She shaved. Who shaved his head? The devil? Or the one he had fallen for that was more important to him than his vow? She shaved his head. And they came in on him. And the Bible says some of the saddest words in the scripture. The Bible said Samson shook himself as he had done so many times before. Listen. And he wished not that the Spirit of the Lord had departed from him. 
he didn't even know he needed the vial anymore. Moving. See, Samson, you're shaking, but there's nothing to move. You're not moving anything because you've lost the power. And the Bible says they took him and they plucked his eyeballs out and they put him grinding at the meal. And the man who could tear a line like it was a kid is now grinding like an ox. A man who could tie firebrands into the tails of foxes and slay a thousand of his enemies with the jawbone of an ass and pick up the gates of a city and carry them on his shoulders is now with no vision and no vow and no purpose. He is working like a slave in the camp of his enemy instead of ruling and reigning in the camp of his God. He was to be a judge for God. He was to be a prophetic sign of a vow. He was to be a Nazarite all the days of his life and the Nazarites are those that can turn the world upside down. If God can find a vow, God can send a third great awakening. But we are playing games. He's grinding at the meal. And he had to ask himself, was she worth it? Was she worth my vow? I believe he's grinding at that meal, and I'm closing. I'm sorry for going long, but I'm telling you, I feel every word of this song. I feel it. One day he's grinding at that meal. There are two concrete wheels, hallelujah. Two stone wheels, and their stone wheels are turned by him pushing a pole around those stone wheels, and he's grinding up their meal. He's making food for his enemy. He's making food for his enemy. You end up working for the wrong side if you're not careful. Every time you look at a pornographic image, you help keep a girl trapped in slave trafficking. Listen, every time you click on a website to see a girl nude, you helped make sure another girl stayed in sex trafficking because you paid the piper. Listen. He's grinding at the mill. He's working for his enemy. He's in a position he never thought he would be in. He can't see anything. He's got no vision. He's got no purpose. And he's grinding at the mill. And I believe one day, with his eyes gouged down, with his vow broken, look at me, look at me, with his purpose lost, his vision gone, mislocated now in the camp of his enemy. One day, I believe, he reached up to wipe the sweat off of his brow. And the Bible says some of the greatest words in all of Scripture. How be it, the hair of his head began to grow again. He thought it was over, but he Maybe I feel this all over my body. Maybe tonight when you were worshiping, you think it's over for you and you think you've gone too far. And you think, but I'm telling you, there's still purpose in you, Samson. And later on, you know the story. He would stand in the temple of his enemy. And he would ask the little boy. He would say, can you position my hands on the pillars? 
he said, God, I have wronged you. But if one more time, you would empower me. And he put his hands on those pillars. And he pushed in what history says was the temple of Dagon. And the temple fell. And the Bible says he killed more in his death than he did in his life. Listen, because when you die, you resurrect the vow. When you say, you know what? I'm willing to be broken. Let the ceiling fall in on me. But I want the purpose, the vision, and the file back. Go to the keyboard quickly. Listen to me now. Nothing else has to be said tonight but for you to know. Don't look at him. He's going to a keyboard. Listen, man, we're in a moment where, where if you can count it trivial, you can let yourself off the hook. Well, it's not a big deal. It's not like I've done. Yes, you have. You put your hand in the lap. You stuck your hand in the carcass. It's not a big deal. It's not a big deal. Your vow is the biggest deal. We don't fear God in this age and we don't keep vows. But there's a Nazarite generation coming. You hear me? There's a Nazarite. What do we mean when we say a Nazarite generation? That you're going to have long hair? No! I want you to look like a Nazarite. I want you to burn like a Nazarite. What do we mean when we say Nazarite? What do we mean when we say Nazarite? We mean we are saying we are people that are not bigger than the vile. I'm not above the vow. You make sure I keep the vow. You make sure I keep the vow. You make sure I keep the vow. No games. It's a big deal. It is official out of my mouth. He does not love you. Look at me. Listen to me. If he or her are not making your walk with God grow and expand and flourish, they are not the will of God for you. It's not a big deal. It's not a big deal. I'm still right with God. Put your head in the lap of Delilah long enough and you will lose your vow. 
I love you. And I love these people on this platform. And I will not deliver to you some false grace message. It says you can live however you want to live. And God displayed, dispelled all of His wrath on the cross. And there'll never be any judgment. Let me tell you, you can lose your eyes. And you can lose your head. Well, brother, that's Old Testament. Ananias and Sapphira didn't lose their eyes. And they didn't lose their hair. They lost their lives under grace. Under grace, they dropped dead for lying about an offering. And you think you can be anointed and fornicating? Biggest of deals. God, Casey is so right. God will let you snap a cord like a thread. God will let you rend a life like a kid as long as there's a vow. When I stood before God, how do you begin? And I stood before family and I stood before friends. I stood in front of my wife's mama and my wife's daddy. Men of God. And I said, I'm going to love her. I didn't say we were never going to have a disagreement. I didn't say we were never going to get mad at each other. I didn't say we were never going to have a problem. I said, I will only have eyes for you. That's the only agreement that I made. I didn't agree we were always going to have money. We said for richer or poorer. I didn't agree that if you marry me, you'll always be healthy. We said in sickness and in health. All we agreed is forsaking all others. And do you know the number one way that the enemy affects the vow is by somebody forsaking the one they're called to be consecrated to. And that's the way it happens in your walk with God. The enemy comes after the vow. Tonight, if you're in this room, and I don't care if you are 78 years old or if you're nine, Let these people dismiss themselves quickly. Right in the middle of an altar call. Please go fast. Listen. Listen to me. Your life may depend on the next few minutes. Your life. Your future. Your vision and your purpose. You may either spend the next years of your life grinding at a meal, or you may be taking it to your enemies. But it will all depend on the vow. And that is still the place of the vow. The cross. The cross. The cross is the place where you die. And you say, in brokenness and contrition, I will resurrect the vow. I want everybody to stand quickly. No moving around. Nobody visiting with anybody. As you can tell by my tone, we are in a serious moment. I need people of God that I see in here that are connected with me to begin to pray right now. Hell hates your vow. Hell hates hates your consecration. Hell hates your consecration. 
You're going to heal the sick. You're going to raise the dead. I believe that about you. I do believe that you're the prophetic seed of a great awakening generation. I believe that about you. But I'm telling you, you're not going to do it with good music and cool clothes. You're going to do it because you have committed to walking upright before God and said, No more games. Hey, 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 right now, if God's touching people, I see the tears right now. I see the tears right now. Come on, it's okay. You don't have to wait for a formal call. Huh? Oh, you don't have to wait for me to count to three and you come down to the altar. You don't have to wait, raise your hand and repeat a prayer. If you've been playing a game and you want the foul back, you ought to cry out to God and say, have mercy on me, O Lord. We hope this radio program impacted your life. Our main hope and mission is that you have a continued personal relationship with Jesus Christ. We recommend that you pray every day, attend a Bible-believing church, and read the Holy Bible each day. If you don't know where to start reading, we recommend to start in the book of John. 